0: Okay, we've already seen Damon Severson and his rights traded away to Columbus. Could Ryan Graves and Miles Wood also be the next in line to see their rights traded away before the draft and also before July 1st when noon hits? We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils, and fingers crossed that nothing occurs when this episode goes live. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils. Your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador and you're Locked On Devils. Trade Trey Oh, Stephen stepped up, got the shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential me and member Trey Matthews. We've already seen one domino piece fall during the Devils' offseason as they traded away their longest-tenured player, Damon Severson, who was a pending, unrestricted free agent to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a third-round draft pick in this year's draft. And it was the second and trade in NHL history and – Like I said, that was the first domino piece to fall, and in the game of dominoes, when one piece falls, the others follow suit. Now, there are a couple other players who are set to become unrestricted free agents on the Devils roster, and a lot of people are wondering, can Tom Fitzgerald pull pull the same rabbit out of his hat and try to trade away these said players for something in return? Because obviously, some of these players have provided a lot towards the Devils organization and were big reasons why the devils were able to have such a historical season. And one of the reasons why people were okay with Damon Severson being dealt away to Columbus was because, like I said, the devils got something out of it. And the last time they had the 80th overall pick in a draft was when they used it to select Graham Clark just a few years ago. So if it's any reassurance, but according to James Nichols of New Jersey devils hockey. Now he tweeted out a few days ago and he said, Not that Pierre Lebrun needs any validation, but I can confirm that multiple teams have inquired with the interest in acquiring the rights of New Jersey Devils pending unrestricted free agent Ryan Graves. Once again, can Tom Fitzgerald pull the same rabbit out of his hat and trade away Ryan Graves, who is very essential on the Devils' blue line during the course of the regular season, and get something out of it because Graves is a pending unrestricted free agent And there's also another pending unrestricted free agent, and that is Miles Wood. And similar to Damon Severson, Wood has been with the organization for a long period of time. Obviously, he's kind of fallen off a little bit, and it seems like out of everyone on the BMW line, it seems like Wood is the odd man out in this case. So in today's episode, in segment one, we're going to focus on Ryan Graves and his season, and I'll give you guys some sound bites I was able to get from Graves when I interviewed him a few weeks ago. Then we'll do the same for Miles Wood in segment two. And then in the third and final segment, I'll tie everything together and basically give you guys my opinions as to how the Devils can handle Graves and Wood going forward because both of them are unrestricted free agents. Both of them had somewhat of a vital role in which how the Devils were able to have such a successful season. And obviously, I would like to see Fitzgerald get something out of those two players as opposed to losing them on July 1st for absolutely nothing. So let's focus on Ryan Graves and his productive season on the blue line for the New Jersey Devils. So it's worth mentioning that uh, Ryan Graves actually led the Devils in defensive point shares. He had a defensive point share of 5.4. He also led the team in blocks with 152. He just had one more block than the second place player, which was Jonas Siegenthaler. And he was second on the team in plus minus. Just trailing Thomas Tatar, Tatar had a plus-minus of plus 41. Graves had a plus-minus of plus 34. Other than that, Graves has appeared in 78 games. He had 8 goals, 18 assists for a grand total of 26 points. Okay, so my thoughts on Ryan Graves is that when the Devils first obtained him, I said that he can have somewhat of a silent but deadly impact because a few years ago, Ryan Graves actually led the entire league in plus minus and this season he finished in the top 10 throughout the entire nhl ranking number nine and also uh he was i believe third in defensive point shares in the entire league just a few years ago as well so i knew what we were getting out of ryan grace which is he's capable of providing some offensive production but obviously that's not his main job and the the impact that grace has usually doesn't show up on the score sheet but at the same time, if you look at the game closely, if you look at it meticulously, and if and if you watch it from an optics standpoint, you see why Ryan Graves can be a top four defenseman on any team he plays on. So the main question a lot of people had when the Devils first obtained him from the Colorado Avalanche is that Graves was blessed with a very good defensive unit out in Colorado, which... It should be no surprise why they won the Stanley Cup literally just after the offseason, which they traded him away, because obviously you got someone like Kale McCarr on your roster. But I think Graves was able to hold his own really well for the Devils. And he was picking up right where he left off last season because he was one of the Devils' best defensemen last year as well, especially in the midst of some key injuries, including Dougie Hamilton. So. This year for Ryan Graves, very productive. A lot of people aren't going to give him the credit that he deserves. I felt like he was very crucial as to why the Devils were able to have such a historic season. But the thing is, is that he kind of fizzled out during the playoffs. Now, we're going to talk about that momentarily, but obviously some circumstances didn't go his way. He got hurt in game two against Carolina Hurricanes, and that might have hindered him a little bit. So, I gave you guys my opinion as to how I felt about Ryan Graves and how he had a good impact on this roster during the regular season, and the playoffs was kind of a downgrade, but here's what Graves told me a few weeks ago when I asked him to reflect on his season. Check it out. Ryan, uh, you were able to lead the team in defensive point shares. You were tops and plus minus, and I know the postseason didn't exactly go as planned, but uh, now that you have time to reflect on it, how would you say the season has gone from you – for you from a personal standpoint and also a team standpoint?
1: I mean, I think if you want to look at it that way, if you're going to look at um, statistical things, I think the playoffs is a whole different animal. Um, the season, you're, um, it's. I mean, it's based over 80, 82 games. So, I mean, um, you're looking at points and things like that. I mean, there's probably games where I scored um, like three games out of six games, something like that. And um, I'm, my main role here is not to get points or to, or to, to put offense. Um, it's to shut down top lines, and um, if you're looking at that, then I think um did pretty well in the playoffs. I mean, we John and I did a good job against that Ranger top line. Um, I don't know how many five-on-five points they had, but not many. That had um, Their power play was good for a few games, but at the same time, I think it was some lucky bounces in there as well. I think that um, when it comes to the postseason, you're just trying to – you're going into each game, and you want to win one nothing or you want to win 2-1. You don't want to win 6-4 like we did a lot during the season, so it's different. It's a whole different animal, but – Um yeah, it's been a good year. Um honestly it's just a good team. I think a lot of it if you're on a good team, um guys have good years.
0: So reacting to that sound bite, he said that uh if you want to look at it from a statistical standpoint, he knows that offense is not really his bread and butter, but I would still label him as a two-way defenseman because the only two defensemen that were ahead of them in terms of points was obviously Dougie Hamilton. Hamilton was able to finish with 74 points, and also Damon Severson. Severson was able to have 33 points, and then right below them was Ryan Graves with 26. So I think for what it's worth, Graves was still a pretty decent two-way player on the Devils roster, but my standpoint is that you seal your legacy during the playoffs, and while Ryan Graves didn't have a horrendous outing, and let's face it, a lot of his teammates didn't step up their game either, Ryan Graves kind of took a step backwards, and I think his weaknesses were really uh, reflected upon in the second series against the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, obviously, he did get hurt in game two, so I will give him the benefit of the doubt in that sort of regard, but if you were to look at game one and game two, you saw that as the game progressed, he was utilized less, less, and less. And obviously, he got hurt, so he had to be scratched for a couple games, and then Here comes Luke Hughes. Hughes only has a couple of regular season games in his career under his belt, and he was able to play a huge X-factor type of role in the second series against the Hurricanes. Despite the Devils coming out on the losing end, one of the minor bright spots in that series was, in fact, Luke Hughes. And then after Hughes was able to showcase his capabilities on both sides of the rink, I think it really put the jeopardy of someone like Ryan Graves Uh, and his job security in question just because it's like Graves was a very good player. I'm not going to take that away from him. But the fact of the matter is like the Devils have so many defensemen in their pipeline and it's similar to uh, Damon Severson's situation because it's a little unfair to say like uh, they're not this, they're not that. They did their jobs. They did what they were supposed to do. So for Severson, he took a bit of a backseat and was able to help the Devils in other aspects, which is why the advanced analytics show that Severson did have a productive year. And I think the same could be said for Ryan Graves, because like I said, Ryan Graves actually led the Devils in a lot of categories that people aren't going to acknowledge. So once again, defensive point share, blocks, tops and plus minus, and a lot of other aspects that fall into the favor of Graves. He was third amongst Devils defensemen in terms of points. So that's why I still label him as a two-way defenseman. But at the end of the day, it's just like Graves was... I, I believe he did his job, but I since the Devils have so many other players in the pipeline, like I just said, it might have to you might have to force someone like Ryan Graves off the books. So when he talks about his postseason production, I just have to say, like the the thing that that happened with Graves, and maybe I'm overstepping it a little bit, but I believe he was outplayed by Luke Hughes, and obviously, I'm not trying to take anything away from. Ryan Graves and what he was able to do during the regular season. Like I said, you seal your legacy during the playoffs. And when looking at left-handed defensemen, you got someone like uh, Luke Hughes in the pipeline. You got someone like Kevin Ball in the pipeline. And then Shimon the Mets is obviously a right-handed defenseman. So it's just going to be, in this case, Graves is just going to fall victim to a very stacked uh, group of young guns on the Devils roster that need their time to shine and were able to showcase their capabilities. So when looking at Ryan Graves' overall season, I think he had a productive year. Yes, the playoffs, he took a couple steps backwards, but let's face it, uh, I think a lot of players uh, didn't step up their game in either series against the Rangers or the Hurricanes. And unfortunately, Ryan Graves was one of those players, but I don't think he played atrociously, but he didn't exactly step up his game either. He was pretty mediocre, and I expected just a little bit more from him, but... In terms of just uh, what he was able to do throughout the entirety of the season, I think he was a very solid contributor on the Devils roster. Okay, let's move from one unrestricted free agent to the other, and let's talk about Miles Wood and his bit of fall from grace, if, if I could say that politely. So Miles Wood, he appeared in 76 games, He had 13 goals, 14 assists for a grand total of 27 points. And you want to know a fun fact? He led the team in penalty minutes with 76. Trailing him was Brandon Smith with 63. Uh, Miles Wood was top five on the team in hits. He had 100 even, and that ranked fourth on the team. In terms of blocks, uh, Miles Wood... Falls in that category. Uh, uh, he, he is ranked 19th on the team and above him is just for Poquist for what it's worth. So just putting that out there. Defensive point share, he ranked 18th on the team. Offensive point share, 10th on the team, pretty average. So my thing for Miles Wood, my expectations for him going into the season was that I wanted him to be a solid contributor. Because just a few years ago, Miles Wood was tops on the team in goals and points, remember the shortened 56-game COVID year, and and we saw players like Zaka step up their game. We saw people like Wood step up their game. But as the Devils have gotten more stacked, we we start to see that Miles Wood and his role just diminish a little bit. But it goes back to last season. How many games did we see Miles Wood suit up in? We only saw him suit up in like three or four games because he had to get hip surgery at the beginning of the year. And I just question – how much did that play into this year? Because it, let's face it, last year when Mileswood Wood was given a chance to play, he didn't exactly light the, the, the league on fire. He didn't light the team on fire or anything like that. If anything, I even said, just shut him down for the rest of the year. The, the season's already over. There's really no benefit for the Devils to get Wood back at this point of the year. It was very late. Just let him sit out for the rest of the year, and we'll see what happens. But nope, Wood was given a chance to play, and Like I said, he was more of a liability out there. And as a result, the Devils decided to shut him down for the rest of the season after those few game appearances. And then I was just like, okay, re-sign him. I don't think he's going to garner much attention during the offseason. And lo and behold, the Devils re-sign him to a one-year, $3.2 million deal. And at the beginning of the year, Wood was a solid contributor on the Devils roster once again, similar to Graves, because what was one of the X factors as to why the devils were able to be so successful? It was that BMW line, Nathan bastion, Michael McLeod and miles Wood. because depth is so essential to be such a successful team. And fortunately the devils did have that depth. And one of the X factors as to why the devils were able to go on that 13 game win streak or see so much success in the first half of the year was that BMW line, just doing the little things to make sure that they took some of the burden off of the star player shoulders. And I got to give credit where credit is rightfully deserved. And Wood was able to do that. But as the year progressed, especially towards the end of it, we started to see Wood and his contribution utilized less, less, and less. And when looking back at that BMW line, unfortunately, Wood is the odd man out in this case, because Remember when Nathan Bastion went out with an injury, not once, but twice, and the Devils were kind of struggling? I'm not saying that Nathan Bastion was obviously the star player, because he clearly was not, but he was a vital player as to why the Devils were able to be so successful. Remember, Christy Flannery, when she was still with the hockey writers, she actually wrote an article about the matter, and lo and behold, Christy was right. Bastion goes out, and he joined uh, Andre Pilat and Mackenzie Blackwood on the injured list, And what was a bigger uh, punch to the gut for the Devils? It was the loss of Bastion. Then for Michael McLeod, he's doing the dirty work. He saw that spark plug. Obviously, he led the team in face-offs. And McLeod, nothing special, but at the same time, he does those minuscule things to help the Devils become successful. And now for Wood, it's just like I guess you can view him on that line as the more offensive, capable player. But towards the end of the year, especially in the second half, Wood was putting up a lot of zeros on the boards. Now, personally, I didn't care if Wood scored or not. I just cared about him being aggressive uh, and just, once again, doing that dirty work. But, once again, year progresses. Wood not really doing that because there was a three-game stretch in which Wood only put up one assist in a three-game span, and he had no hits either. So I'm like, okay, if you're not scoring or if you're not putting up the points, You better be putting up the hits, the blocks, the the other contributions that are necessary to make your team successful. And he wasn't able to do that. And he was racking up way too much penalties. And this was magnified during the playoffs because after game two of the first series against the Rangers, Devils go down 0 2. And Miles Wood was one of the reasons why the Devils put themselves behind the eight ball early because. He was getting turnovers. He was getting offensive end penalties, which is a big no-no. And as a result, he is scratched for games three, four, five, and six. And he returned in game seven, which was obviously the most important game in the series. But you just saw the Devils amount that comeback without him. Now, he did redeem himself in the second series against the Hurricanes. He was able to score twice. But my thing for Wood is that he's wildly inconsistent. And he's getting a little older because, like I said, he's one of the Longest tenured players on the roster. I'm not saying he is the oldest, but at the same time, he's not the youngest either. So my thing for Miles Wood is like he's 27 years of age, and obviously he had that hip surgery last year. So I was just questioning his consistency a little bit more. Had the chance to speak with Wood a couple weeks ago about his struggles and and wanting to remain consistent so that way he doesn't become a healthy scratch again here's what he told me um i know during the course of the playoffs uh, we didn't see you play for a couple games and uh i i think you talked about how just you want you wanted to like redeem yourself a little bit um come what are some of your goals come next season so that way we can um uh, so that way we could see more consistency at least uh, from your end. Yeah, um, you know, the depth is very important. Um, you know, It's a team sport.
2: Uh, you can't win with one player. You can't win with one line. Um, depth is very important and um, consistency is as well. Um, you know, it was the first time I was scratched um, in my career so far. Um, I learned a lot through the process. Um, it was a shock to me and um, hopefully it never happens again uh, i was certainly frustrated and um but at the end of the day i think i used the frustration properly to get me back in and um what i think i had a successful round two and um that's all
0: that matters before i react to that soundbite remember at the beginning of the year the devils started off the year 0 two and wood took to the media and said that he was tired of playing on on a team that always loses of course i'm paraphrasing at this point but he said something along the lines saying he's tired of losing and he wants to win here's him uh talking about it once more during exit interviews check it out when you opened up the season uh on a kind of like a low note you made that statement and it seems like after that statement things started to really turn turn around did you feel that 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 actually took place at that time um
2: yeah, you know, if I could go back, I wouldn't have used the words that I said. Um, we talked about that when it happened. Um, but it was a learning process. Um, and uh, But I don't know if it got the team ready. I always knew that we had a great team. Um, I don't know if that statement changed the season or, or not. But um, this whole se- season, it's a testament to the players. And, um, you know, we rallied behind each other each game and uh,
0: it was just a lot of fun oh how the tables have turned because the thing is it's like wood was pretty solid on the bmw line like i said a few moments ago but at the same time who is that glue piece it was obviously nathan bastion who's doing the smaller contributions to make sure that The Devils are in a winning situation, like who's winning the face-offs, who's working the corners, who's able to chip the puck away, who's able to play that sort of defensive-minded role, or just do, similar to what Eric Holla does, the little things to make sure that the Devils are put into a better position, it's Michael McLeod. And I guess you could sort of think of Miles Wood as an offensive-minded person on the third line, on that BMW line, the bottom six, but... At the same time, it's just like it seems like the BMW line minus Wood can just thrive just fine for what they're what they're trying to go for. And I think if you insert someone like Curtis Lazar into a more uh, consistent starting role, then I think Curtis Lazar can do everything that Miles Wood can do, but more efficiently. So I see more potential in Curtis Lazar. And I think that's uh, that. honestly, that might be Miles Wood's replacement. Because once again, Wood coming off of surgery, not the most consistent. His mistakes were heavily magnified in the playoffs, which is why he was a healthy scratch. And it seems like, yes, I I like that he he sometimes plays aggressive, but sometimes it's to his own detriment because he led the team in penalty minutes. Now, we're going to tie this all together in the third and final segment because obviously, like I said, pending ufas ryan Graves and miles wood how do the devils approach this well we'll talk about that momentarily but before we continue let me tell you guys about ebay motors so for a championship team it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with the ebay guaranteed fit so you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know which part will fit or your money back, because just like in sports, confidence is the, name the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. And after all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Go to eBay Motors right now. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And now, let me tell you guys about Athletic Greens. So it's a product that I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I want to be happier. I want to be healthier. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. While still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing that's best about Athletic Greens. They use best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out after your health to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so going back to James Nichols, he tweeted this out a few days ago, and he said regarding Ryan Graves, his agent says they need to figure out if they have enough room and a lot will need to happen before they know. So James wrote an article in regards to the pending UFAs, and he had the chance to speak with Ryan Graves' agent, and that's what his his agent had to say, which was essentially – The Devils are going to have to basically get creative if they want Ryan Graves to return onto the roster. Okay. So his agent is basically giving base uh, a big hint saying like, look, uh, it's not really looking all that good because I think he knows that uh, the Devils, it would be a little difficult for them to retain Ryan Graves. So we'll talk about Graves and Woods contract situation momentarily, but I want you guys to listen to this soundbite from a few weeks ago when Ryan Ovechzinski asked Graves, like, "What is the pending unrestricted free agent process looking like from his end?" Here's what he had to say. Obviously, uh, sorry, free agent. Um, any early thoughts on that? Um,
1: it's yeah, you never know. Um, I had, I loved my time here. It was it was great. The, this team's gonna be good. So um, I mean, you never know what um, free agent is gonna bring, um, but. Um, there's a business side of things, and, and I understand that. So
0: um, uh, we'll see. Based on Graves' answer, he doesn't sound too confident that he'll return to the Devils' roster because when looking at his contract, it was originally three years, $9.48 million total. So his average salary was three point one six. And then for Miles Wood, he originally signed a one-year $3.2 million deal. Now, the big question is, Can Tom Fitzgerald trade the rights of Ryan Graves and Miles Wood away and get something in return? Because the draft is only a few weeks away, and I'm sure Fitzgerald is not done trying to basically get something from some solid contributors on the Devils roster. So let's start with Ryan Graves, because once again, Graves did not sound too confident in regard to his pending unrestricted free agency because like I said, in segment one, Graves provided a lot for a devil's roster. And it's the same situation as Severson, which is the devils have a lot of young defensemen in their pipeline. And Graves might be a little too expensive, especially given the fact that the elephant in the room is obvious. Meyer needs an extension. Brat needs an extension. And we're going to talk about Brat's uh, uh, contract ex- extension once more in a future episode, because I do have an update in, in that regard, but That's an episode for the near future. But going back to Graves, it's just like, once again, during the playoffs, we saw the rise of Luke Hughes. We also saw the rise of Kevin Ball. Both of them are left-handed defensemen, and Ryan Graves is a left-handed defenseman. Then, obviously, you got someone like Shimo Nemetz. Nemetz is a right-handed defenseman, and I think Nemetz kind of takes the role of Damon Severson, and then Ball and Hughes will just slide into what open spot is available And like I said, since Graves was a very good contributor on the Devils roster, I think you're going to see a lot of contending teams want his service or maybe a team that's ready to take their organization to the next level because Graves is a player that falls under the radar. It's one of the reasons why the Colorado Avalanche didn't want to expose him in the Seattle Kraken expansion draft because they knew in their heart-to-heart that once uh, the the time came for the Kraken to select someone from the Avalanche's roster – then more likely than not, they were going to select Ryan Graves because his contract is somewhat cheap and he could be very serviceable. That's why the Devils pounce on that opportunity by trading away Mikhail Maltsev for Graves' service. And I think we can sort of see that same circumstance pan out, which is maybe the Devils will get another draft pick for Ryan Graves. I don't think it's going to be like a third-round draft pick similar to Severson because – I think more teams see more value in Severson compared to Graves. So once again, if it's a one-for-one one type of deal, I don't expect a sign-and-trade circumstance to happen. Once more, it could happen. I've seen crazier things happen. But in terms of Ryan Graves, I don't think he's hes definitely not going to get the money that Damon Severson got from the Blue Jackets. That's, that's just not going to happen. So I think we're going to see Graves get traded away for maybe anywhere from a fifth to a seventh-round draft pick if Tom Fitzgerald is serious, uh, serious about trying to trade his rights away. But for, for Graves, it's like I would love to have him back, but I just don't think there's enough room on the roster given the amount of prospects that are on the rise on the Devils organization and also given the fact that he might also see a pay increase once he hits the open market. But definitely try to trade away Graves for something anything because i think grays can definitely get the Devils some sort of collateral now for miles wood i just don't see his rights getting traded away i just don't see it happening because once again miles wood is a solid contributor but the, the problem i'm seeing is like he had surgery last year on his hip we saw his game get hindered a little bit we saw him be the least consistent amongst his uh line mates and mcleod and also bastion so for wood it's just like i don't even think teams are going to be all that interested in him when unrestricted free agency occurs i i just don't see it happening i just see that wood will i i know wood will get picked up by a team i'm not saying he's just going to sit there but let's i don't think too many teams are going to be jumping on the opportunity to get him i could be wrong but my prediction is like even once he hits the open market i don't think teams are going to be like trigger happy about giving him a sizable contract or something like that. I think when you look at someone like Wood, he's more of a filler. So if you have room on your roster and you have some money left over, go after him. But Wood is more of a last resort, a filler type of player at this point. And I think the Devils can view him the same way. I'm open to bring back Wood. I'm not saying that he's played his final game as a, as a member of the Devils roster, but at the same time, priorities are much higher at this point. And, One of those priorities is going to be Tomas Tatar over Miles Wood. Not saying that Tatar will return to the organization, but if once they re-sign someone like Hala, who's set to become an unrestricted free agent and wants to come back, then the Devils have to like look down the list and say, okay, who else can we get uh, to come back? Who else can we retain? And I think Tatar would be higher on the list compared to Wood. So for Wood, it's just like, once again, inconsistent, racks up a lot of penalties, And his mistakes were heavily magnified, especially in the playoffs. And that's why he was a healthy scratch. And like he said, he's never a healthy scratch. So it goes to show you no one's safe in the playoffs. So let me know what you guys think. What would you do with Ryan Graves and also Miles Wood? So my prediction is that Ryan Graves' rights most likely will be traded away because he can be serviceable toward a contending team or maybe a team that's ready to take their organization to the next level, similar to what the Devils did in regard to getting him from the avalanche. And then for Wood, I'm open to bring him back because I don't think he'll be all that expensive, but I don't see any point in training his rights away because I don't even think too many teams are going to jump on the opportunity to get him. So let me know what you guys think. Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at trainmat 4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. as for today's episode. That's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys next episode. Thanks for listening once again.